He's back. Tonight, for a one-night-only encore appearance, Bob is back. And what I told the players is they are the program. Players throughout these decades, they are OU football. Tonight, the Hall of Famer who resurrected Oklahoma football will once again lead the Crimson and Cream into battle. One month and one day after Sooner Nation was shaken. Tonight, it stands resolute. Tonight, with the master on the sidelines and his protege watching and waiting in the wings, the interlocking goes bowling. Can Stoops troops avenge the injustice of 15 years ago and grab a program healing win at the Alamo? We're about to find out. Snap, Williams runs it himself left side, bounces outside, got the first down, and he's free! Caleb Williams, he's got nothing but tough bull grass! Lobs downfield! Zips one out, down to Mims, caught, and he breaks free. 40, down the sidelines, it's a race to the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Marvelous! Makes the pitch, bounces it outside, he's to the 30, he's to the 25, he's to the 20, he's gonna go! Kennedy Brooks, he just won! Kennedy Brooks just won OU Texas! It's time for the 2021 Valero Alamo Bowl. It's the Oklahoma Sooners and the Oregon Ducks. It's one more ride for Big Game Bob. Here we go. Live from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. This is Sooner Football. There you go, T-Rose setting the stage for the Alamo Bowl tonight. We're starting to get a little action down here on the field. Some people roaming around down there. Haven't seen any sign of the football team yet, but it's not going to be long before they start to arrive. We're, what, a little over three hours away from kickoff here. So the Alamo Bowl starting to come alive. Going to be fun, man. Going to be fun. And... Is that last text we got before we hit the top of the hour? And they said that Coach Stoops getting carried off the field. Is that going to be the case, Tyler? Is that what you're predicting? Yeah. yeah no. I something's going to happen. They're they're going to douse him with Gatorade, which that happened to him in his last game he coached against Auburn. So I, I think in back to back games he could get the Gatorade bath. That's going to happen, and they're going to carry him off the field if they win. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Going to be fun. Looking isn't forward it, to it. Isn't it interesting, though, like the sun's about to set and we're still more than three hours away from kickoff? Golly, man. Yeah, I have uh, I've, I've grown fatigued of the pregame, and I've only got three hours left to pregame before we actually kick this thing off. So Good luck, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. So – Here's what um, here's what's going to happen. We've got the four hours here at the radio show. Then we'll start the, the pregame broadcast for the football game on the actual call of the game. 
We'll take that through the end of the game, which is going to be around midnight. We'll have a post game, which is usually going to be around an hour and a half long. And then Gabe is flying out early tomorrow morning to go to Hawaii. And obviously I've, I've got to drive back to Oklahoma. So after the post game wraps up somewhere around, you know, one thirty or 2 a.m., we're going to do our podcast. So I'll have that. The, the nightcap is the podcast in the, uh, the well, longest day in broadcast history for myself. If you're looking for sympathy, I don't think that you're going to find it around here, man. Sorry. Well, make anyone out there feel sorry for you. It just uh, feels better to, to verbalize it and get it out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while you're doing your shameless plug of the podcast, we will be doing a post-game show right here on The Ref. Uh, as soon as the game is over, we'll be on for about 90 minutes tonight. And you know what? All of you yesterday that were texting and making fun of me for just bringing up the question, would you rather have an 8.15 or 11 a.m. game, I just asked the question, and you guys are like, you're whips, you guys suck, what are you, an old man now? That's fine. Uh, you can make fun of me. I don't care. But you better call into the postgame show tonight if you're going to rip me for even asking that question. 405-329-9000, 90-minute postgame show tonight. Uh, give us a call. Final postgame show of the year. Don't wimp out. Josh Helmer and myself will we'll handle it, man. And I'm going to guess that there's going to be a whole lot of excitement and a whole lot of looking forward to next year when we get on the air. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be the case. I, I'm just – I'm hoping we have a good result tonight, right? It seems like it's the fitting in to the, to the month that we've had since this whole thing went down. It would be really weird to have all of this happen and go out, team doesn't play well, Oregon uh, kind of runs all over us, and we lose the football game. That would be a big downer. Yeah, That's why I don't that, see it happening. That's, that's one extreme. And that's like the extreme right there is, yeah, OU comes out, they look disinterested, they don't play well, they get ran off the field. The other extreme is, wow, they played really well, the best that they played all year long. They didn't really look like a playoff team at any other point this year, but, man, tonight in the Alamo Bowl with Bob Stoops coaching them, they sure did. That's the other extreme. I feel way more confident it's going to be the latter than they just show up and they don't care and it looks like it on the field. If we're yeah. talking about an extreme, it's it's just that, like, dang, that's the best OU's played since last year in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, and I also think that it, just like the Texas game, and we talked about this earlier, but the group that came down here for this game is going to be a party group, and I don't see a whole lot of fans, like, leaving this thing. They're going to want to see the end of the game and how it's handled even if OU happens to be up by, like, some big amount or something, I, I don't think anyone's leaving the game early, because no that's matter the highlights. what the situation. The right. highlight of the night, you know, may not be the actual game in itself and in, in OU winning by 41 or winning by three. The highlight of the night and why really everyone made the trip down to San Antonio is to show support for Bob Stoops. So, yeah, let's say that there's 35,000 OU fans that made the trip. All 35,000 will be in their seats, win, lose, or draw at the end of the game, no matter what the situation is, because the highlight is to send Bob off and be able to verbalize to him in public how appreciative everyone is of what he's done the past month. And I think that is, is really cool. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I agree. But, yeah, we're still still three hours away from kick, and it feels like we've been gearing up for this thing for a long time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And I'll tell you, whenever you look at the actual game, some of the stuff that worries you with Oregon really is the line of scrimmage, specifically whenever they've got the football. Big physical offensive line, big physical group of tight ends, um, they've got a good running game, good play action off of their running game that, that they've built into it. Um, now, Die, the running back, I think is is solid. He's a 1,000-yard guy, I think 1,100 yards this year, 15 touchdowns, uh, pretty similar numbers, frankly, to Kennedy Brooks with more touchdowns. Um, that's going to be the big challenge. As far as winning the football game, it's winning the line of scrimmage and shutting down that running game because if you can – Force Anthony Brown to have to put it in the air. We can uh, we can make some some nice plays off of that. I bet game planning for both sides has been interesting. Like, could you look at it from Oregon's side? It's like, okay, well, most of the personnel that's going to be playing in this game, you know, we've got tape on them for twelve games, but they've got a different head coach, they've got a different play caller. Who knows if Kale's going to want to throw it forty times or you know run it forty times in this game? Who knows? So. I wonder how difficult game planning has been for both sides since there's been so much uncertainty. What, what what did Bob say? That their staff had dinner with the Oregon staff, and there's like seven coaches going to different places as soon as this game is over. It's probably made it a, a little bit difficult, more difficult than oh, in yeah. most circumstances. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very strange bowl game with all, of things, all of the things that have happened around it with – both head coaches gone. Uh, pretty much all of the staff at Oregon gone that I, that I uh, can think of. Half of the staff for Oklahoma, the defensive staff, is gone. But they came back to coach the thing. Um, offensive staff, for the most part, sticking around. There's some weird dynamics there, which you know kind of levels the playing field. And the one thing that we've talked about, the kind of the trump card is – being able to bring Bob Stoops off the bench to come in and, and be your interim head coach yeah, uh, against a guy that's never done it before. And trying to piece all of that together and add some stability in that situation can be difficult for a guy that's never been a head coach before. But for Bob Stoops, this is just, you know, it's another, another bowl game for him. He's been to a ton of them, right? And I think that's a big advantage for Oklahoma. Who's the most critical position group tonight? To me, it's the defensive line. Um, not only because they're replacing, you know, three guys up there, but because that's the strength of this Oregon team is up on the O-line. Uh, defensive line plays well, then we're talking about a, a nice victory for OU. If they don't, then maybe it gets a little bit more interesting than what you and I are forecasting. Yeah. No, I think so. I think our our defensive line against their offensive line is, is going to be the most criti- critical thing to watch. Yeah. And we've got to find a way, if we do stop the run, to generate some pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, that's the other side of it is how's Odom going to call the defense? Is he going to be aggressive? Is he going to dial up some pressures? Is is he maybe going to drop more guys into coverage and try and confuse Oregon's quarterback? Right, what, what's the process he's going to go uh, about calling defense for the first time? That's going to be pretty fun to watch as well. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not heavily invested in this. I, I feel like he's a, a pretty good guy, 
and he was just caught in an unfortunate situation. But if OU's defense does play well tonight against a good Oregon offensive line without four starters that have opted out, I hope Brian Odom gets the credit he deserves for coming back and, and, and doing a, a really good job. I don't know if that's going to be sure. the case, but I, I, I would hope that he gets that credit. Right, yeah. Um, I think so. I, I think that's. I think he will. I think he. Um, I think he'll get the credit he deserves. I. I don't. There. I think the the group of fans out there that have said, "Well, we don't want this staff of of defensive coaches, former defensive coaches, coming back and." calling this game and trying to recruit all our players out to USC and sabotage the bowl game. That is a very, very tiny group of fans, right? At least I hope so. So I think the the response would be overwhelmingly positive for that group of guys, Odom, Kane, Thibodeau, if they go out and play a really good game defensively. At least I hope that would be the case. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about Grimes, Coe, and Stripling playing up front with White and Huwebu getting a lot of snaps as well? I feel good about it. Feel good about it. Hey, I think much Redmond like needs Stripling, to have a, it, a breakout game. Much like Stripling, it's it's a pretty nice audition for those guys. Like, I, I know OU fans are looking at it initially like, oh, I can't believe those guys opted out. Well, this could turn out to be best-case scenario. If, if Grimes plays well, if Coe plays well, along with the extra practice time, if Stripling looks like he's going to be your next dude at outside backer, this could, if, like, seriously, work out best-case scenario when you're evaluating this game and looking forward to next year. And, I, I mean, I hope that's the case. We'll see. But that that could be a really good thing for, for this team moving forward. Well, uh, you know, and uh, I talked about this earlier in the week, uh, I think on TV, but, you know, opportunity is a hell of a thing. And there's a big difference between coming in as a role player, as a second team player. There's a difference of that and being a starter. Right? And whenever you're a starter and you've been given or you've earned that spot and now it's your chance to take it and run with it, you can get a massively different effort from a guy in that situation than if he was just a number two coming in and rotating in off of the bench. So it wouldn't shock me if we saw some of those guys play their best game of the year because of that situation and because of the expanded role that they will have been given in practice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Clemson is up on Iowa State right now, 3 nothing. Two minutes left in the first quarter. Iowa State got the football on its own 20-yard line. So Clemson got the ball first, I believe, or on their first possession. They went down and got a field goal. DJ Uyungle's uh, 6 of 8 already for 63 yards. Nice. Yeah. How about that? There you go. Clemson uh, trying to get the Cheez-It Bowl win. You Which, care have one you way seen the, the... You care one I... way or the other who wins this game or no? Because I, I guess I really don't. Uh, no, I don't care at all. Um, I the only thing I care about is who in the hell designed that um, warm up or whatever tracksuit that <laughs> Dabo's been wearing. That is the yeah. orangest thing I've ever seen in my life. It is not. It's not a good look, and I, I don't know what color 
would have looked good with that jumpsuit or whatever he was wearing, but orange is uh, ugh, it's it's not should not be in anyone's color wheel. It's way, look, it's, I, and it's I don't think pure that that traffic cone. There's nothing yeah. that breaks it up at all. And I don't think that that color is great to begin with, but less is more, man. You know, if you're gonna wear that color, then. You know, don't put the orange on the orange. Just mix in some some khaki or something. I don't know. It's he looks like a, a prisoner. It was a tough look by by Dabo. It, it, it looked like he was. <laughs> it looked like he was in the movie Holes. For those people that have seen that one with Shia LaBeouf from back in the day, <laughs> out there digging holes. Oh my gosh, how awkward was that? Uh, whenever he and Campbell were getting on the roller coaster. Because you know Davo's just talking his ear off and Campbell's all uh, awkward. <laughs> Shut up. And, I'm scared. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Pretty hey, um, having a good time out here at Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails, 132 West Main Street. Peyton Vineyard's got the duck wing uh, appetizer special going on right now. He gave thumbs up on that. Evan Vineyard's like, forget the duck. I have it twice a week. I'm just going with the nachos. So we're having a good time out here. Awesome. Good stuff. Go see Tyler there at Scratch in Norman. I'm hanging out here at the Alamo Bowl. We're... We're not getting close. I was going to say we're getting close. We're not. We're still uh, a lifetime away, but we're getting closer, I guess. Stay tuned. More from The Rush coming up. Final hour is The Rush on the Ref. Four-hour pregame show, a reminder, immediately after the game is over. Yes, we'll be doing a postgame show. 1400 AM, 99.3 FM, or just download the free Sports Talk 1400 app. Just search Sports Talk 1400 in the App Store. And you can get the post-game show there. We will be welcoming your phone calls, 405-329-9000, if you want to talk to Josh Helmer and myself after the game. And, again, I'm at Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails right here in Norman. we got the duck wing appetizer special going on to go cocktails. They've margaritas, French 75s, mimosa bottles, old-fashioned, uh, several options for cocktails to go as well right here at Scratch. Hey, I'm, I'm sure the, the offense – would like to exit the year with a good taste in their mouth, especially Caleb Williams, man. Uh, he went 20-39 for 252, three touchdowns and no picks against Oklahoma State, but didn't score in the second half. 8-18 eight of 18 for 87 yards, one touchdown, one pick against Iowa State. And then 9-18 of 18 for 142 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions against Baylor. That's been his past three games, man. So let's hope that he doesn't have numbers that resemble – what we've seen the past three games tonight. It's going to be tough to win yeah. if that's the case. Well, I, you know, the, the thing that we saw down the stretch, and we'll have to see what Oregon's approach is, if you can stop the run against Oklahoma and uh, play zone coverage on the back end, drop eight at times because of down and distances, uh, he has not been good against that look. In fact, he's been god-awful against that look. So... The key is being able to run the football to force defense's hands to to stay out of that. And if we can't accomplish that feat, you may see more of exactly what we saw down down the stretch with him. But, you know, I do have a feeling that game plan-wise, running the football, we should have a a pretty good mix in there of, of different zone scheme stuff. And we've had some success with that at times this year. And I do think there's also going to be um, a decent amount of quarterback run game in there as well. Yeah. Is it going to be something that we major in, quarterback run game? Uh, maybe not, but I do think you'll see a decent amount of it. I want to go back to the text line, but before we do that, 
Um, I, I asked a variation of this question yesterday. I'll just, I'll just bring it up again. Is this the last time we see Bob Stoops coach a college football game? Yes. No question. You didn't have no to think question. about that very long. It's, no. it's an absolute yes. Absolute yes. Well, I, I do feel like it's, it's going to be the last time for OU. I don't envision a scenario where he has to come in and rescue the day again. I, I think Brent Venable is going to be here for a long time. I thought that about Muleshoe, but I, I really feel that about Brent Venables. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, that, that is, so I would be shocked. I would be shocked. I, I don't think Venables would leave this job for anything else. I mean, would you, would you think he would leave this job for Clemson? No, I don't. I don't either. I don't either. So, um, I guess you never know what may happen and I, he would have I to bet have they a tremendous him, amount of success. I bet that would be Clemson's first phone call um, sure. w- when you know when Dabo's done. I have no doubt sure. about that. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. But I, I, don't think, I don't think you'll see – well, number one, if that is the case, I don't think it would happen in the fashion in which it did with Lincoln Riley. Sure. So I, I don't think that you would have – have to ask Bob to do that. I think that Venables would, you know, properly set up his departure if he ever did leave. So, um, yeah, I do think that this is the last time we see Bob coach a college football game. Golly, Evan's nachos just got here, and I understand why he likes the nachos here. That's the cheesiest plate I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Nice. Uh, if, if you like nachos, come to scratch. Just, just saying. Hey, Josh, what do we got back in studio on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Text line has been busy all afternoon long. Defensive coaches better not rotate a ton of guys tonight like Grinch did the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Do they have enough guys to rotate that much after the opt-outs? I don't know if they do. Um, I don't know. I, I, think they'll, they'll, I think they'll rotate some, especially at corner. I think corners where you'll see the most rotation. I think you'll see some rotation at backer. Um, and you're always going to see an amount of rotation at defensive line, but is it going to be as much as we've seen throughout most of the season? Maybe not. What's up next? A little bit of a different take, and haven't heard a ton of this this week, but this texter says, does everyone forget this is a team that could have lost to Kansas? No disrespect to Bob Stoops. There's a lot of problems with this team, despite what fans think because of the Bob effect. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some truth to that. Um, there's definitely truth to that. But you have to see it from the other side as well. We're not talking about an unflawed football team in Oregon either, right? Plus you throw in the stuff that Oregon's had to deal with with similarities to what Oklahoma's had to deal with. They've got opt-outs. They have a ton of injuries. They've got an offensive lineman playing defensive line. They've got a tight end playing defensive end. They've got way more of a patchwork roster right now than Oklahoma does. This is not the same roster that, that Oregon had whenever they played Ohio State the beginning of the year. So, now, I, I totally understand what the texts are saying, but like, 
it's it's not just on Oklahoma's end here what we're talking about. We're talking about an Oregon team who got absolutely pounded twice by Utah, and on top of that, they've got roster issues right now as well. So, yeah. uh, hey, and I'll, I'll openly admit, I may be too optimistic about Oklahoma in this football game. I'm I'm willing to accept that that may be the case, but it's just the way that I, I personally see it going down. I mean, look, it's a fair take, but you're also judging OU at the very absolute worst moment of the season. And I'm not trying to excuse what they did against Kansas in no way, but that was the lowest moment of the season. I think we can all agree on that. I, I mean, I'd argue that they, they played worse in that game than they did against Baylor and Oklahoma State. So you can judge OU based on that. That's fine. But you're not going to get a similar performance tonight. What we saw in 11 a.m. game, sleepy road environment, there's going to be a little bit more energy from this team than there was, you know, that game in late October. At least I think. Yep. No, I agree. Over, I under agree. on trick plays, what you guys got? I'll put the number mm. at one and a half. Does anybody want to take the over? One and a half. No. No, no. I'm not going to. Well, what do you, it depends what you consider a trick play. Um, flea flicker is a trick play that I'll throw in there. Reverse pass. Um, I mean, you, you know, just some sort of a, just some sort of a gadget play. I'll, I'll, I'll take over if, if we're considering those things trick plays. Those are pretty regular pieces of Oklahoma's offense. Like they run something of that nature almost every single game, anyways. And you know that may change with with. Lincoln not here and someone else calling the place for the offense, but I still think that they'll have a bit of that built in, especially in bowl games typically happen. So, yeah, if we're considering those things, I'll take the over. What about a special teams trick play? Anyone want to say that one's That's kind of what I was I was thinking of. Um, I think we see one. I, th- I do too. I, I, actually, I don't know if we do, but I'm going to say yes just because I want to see it so bad. And right. please, don't let it fail miserably. That'd be bad. Hey, Josh, let's get two more in. You guys got a prediction on the color of the Gatorade tonight? This texter is predicting oh, yellow. God. Teddy says purple always. Uh, what color is that strawberry tequila? Is it clear? <laughs> it's, it's like pinkish red. I know I'll that take, because I had some uh, earlier this football season. I'll take pinkish red for the color of the Gatorade bath. Now, I will tell you, because I'm staring at a picture of it right now, the last time Bob was doused with Gatorade, which is the last time he coached a game at OU, it was purple Gatorade. So just saying. I've already seen I've already seen one dousing this year. Now, I think Holgerson got hit with clear. I think they grabbed the water bottle. Uh, of the of the two Gatorades sitting there, but if if it's if it is Gatorade, I'll go with the purple. It's always what, my pick. What's the last one? With all of the Sooner fans in attendance, should sound like a home game tonight. Yeah. Um, in case you're just now joining the show, that's kind of what we've been saying all day long. Is it's not going to be a laid back atmosphere. Everyone's there to vocally support this team, this program, and Bob Stoops. It is going to be. It's gonna it's gonna be rowdy. It's not gonna feel like they're playing in the Alamo Bowl. Like there's gonna be an intensity that they're playing in a major bowl game, which is I gonna think be cool so too. 
I think so, too. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Tyler hanging out there at Scratch. I'm down here at the Alamo Dome. Stay tuned. Final hours, the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lane, and Josh Helmer back in the Brian O'Haver studio. OU Oregon in the Alamo Bowl coming up, and it's duck season. We're celebrating duck season right here at Scratch. We've got a duck wing appetizer special, and the reviews are in, and the reviews are great. The sauce that they put on the duck wing special is amazing. Everyone's enjoying that. The to-go cocktails. Uh, they got a lot going on right here at Scratch. Come watch the game here tonight or just uh, come check them out this weekend for New Year's, 132 West Main Street right here in Norman. Um, and if you're out of the area but you're coming back for OU games next year, Scratch is the place to be before OU football games. So come by here, right on Main Street, 132 West Main in Norman. This is the uh, final segment for Teddy. He's got to do a sound check during our last segment because uh, his pregame starts on the network at 6. Do you want to put a number next to your pick? What's your uh, what's your final score here before we get you out of here? Final score prediction. Uh, 45-17. Woo, buddy, 45-17. Running them out of the building, huh? Is that bad? Okay. Should I not have I- done that? Who's who's ye- someone's yelling wow in the back? Is that Toby yelling wow? I think that's Toby, yeah. <laughs> he sounds excited. Yeah. I that could be the dumbest pick I've ever had. Um but I don't know, I feel good about the football game. I, I like you going out on a limb here. 45-17. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. I think this team's going to show up. I think they recognize kind of how cool and special the moment is with coach stoops there i think out of respect for him taking over they've approached this game with the proper attitude and and the the right preparation so i think we're going to have a team that's fully engaged really well prepared and ready to go out and play the best that they absolutely can that's my thought now Yes, I get it. This is this has been a flawed football team this season. We've had had some problems, um, but I do think that we're going to get a boost offensively with with kind of the collaborative effort that we've seen from that staff and everyone having a voice in how to uh, put their position group in the best best you know position to to have success like. I think Bill having a bigger influence on the running game and, and protection schemes and stuff like that's probably going to be a great thing. And uh, Kale calling plays and drawing from the other coaches, I think, is going to be something really fun to watch. And, you know, on the defensive side with, with Coach Odom taking over, it sounds to me like the players have responded really well to some of the things that he's wanted to do differently and – uh, like they've had a really good week of preparation. So I, I don't know. I feel really good about it. Let's say your 45-17 score holds up, all right? Um, w- w- that would cap off an incredible month of what Bob Stoops has been able to do and accomplish here. When we discuss Bob's legacy from here on out, how much will this past month be included in that conversation? Huge. Yeah. It's, I it's think crazy. it's going to be big. It's, it's going to be crazy. everyone's lasting because we don't have a – we didn't have a send-off moment for Coach yeah. Stoops. Like, this is the chance for that send-off moment. So I think it's going to be, 
you know, if all goes well, remembered fondly for his legacy. And that's Absolutely. so interesting because he was already held in such high regard. I mean, the guy has had a statue on campus for a couple of years now. So to think that he could do anything that would increase his legacy without winning a national championship, another one, would be – seems like it would have been really hard to do. But I, I totally agree, man. I, I think that not only does this add to his legacy – If he wasn't there already, it puts him on the same pedestal as Barry Switzer to a lot of people. Yeah, well, um, let's just hope that everything goes well, and and that's kind of what we're talking about at the end of it. Should be good, should be fun, and it's slowly getting closer. We've got a sound check going on in the uh, stadium right now. We've got people milling around out there on the field. It's starting to come alive here. Oh! ponies out there as well so still two and a half hours away from uh, kickoff though we still have nine minutes left in the second quarter of clemson and iowa state which by the way is uh, tied at three iowa state's got the ball around midfield so cyclones are hanging tough though cyclones are hanging tough i'm in the radio booth and i can see plank down on the field uh he's milling around down there the sideline is mostly empty but you think I should ask him to take a peek inside the Gatorade jugs and, and see if there's yeah. any tequila in there or if I, we've got some purple Gatorade? Yeah, I I, I did, do not think that that's beneath you to try and cheat to see what color it is. Uh, you know what, though? Do you think they've even mixed it yet? Uh, doubtful. But just maybe. Find, just find the powder, the, the flavor of powder there. I'm, I'm sure it's uh, close by. All right, hey um, – have a great call tonight, man, and uh, hopefully we get to talk to you tomorrow. But this is kind of this is kind of one of those nights in one of those games that there's a chance that we talk about this one for a while, even though it's an Alamo. I Bowl. agree. I agree, man. All right, um, have a fun post game. Get you some food there from scratch, and uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. All, All right, right, man. All right, there you go. There's Ted Lyman. He'll be on the broadcast tonight. Uh, yeah, I, he told me to go get some food at Scratch. Or, already done that. Grilled chicken and risotto for lunch earlier today. Had some queso and some guac. Some duck wings are on the table. Some nachos are on the table. I think we've ordered everything on the menu so far here at Scratch, and it's all been excellent. Josh and I, we will do our final picks coming up next. Teddy likes OU 45, Oregon 17. Josh and I will pick the final score next as well. One final time from Scratch, 132 West Main Street. Final segment of The Rush is coming up next. All right, final segment, wrapping up our 12-hour pregame show. How about that? Exclusive coverage of the Alamo Bowl today on The Ref has been awesome. And appreciate Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails right here in Norman for having us out. 132 West Main Street, still time to get out to Scratch. We've got, what, about two and a half hours still away from the game. Come by and uh, check out the Duck Wing appetizer special or get some to-go cocktails if you're watching the game from the house tonight. OU minus seven is the spread right now. 62% of the money is on Oregon plus the seven. Josh, did this line open up at OU plus six and a half, and now it's all the way down to OU minus seven? That's quite the flip. Plank and I were talking about that this morning. I don't think it did. I I think that number is wrong on there. I want to say that OU opened around a four-point favorite, but yeah. maybe it did. And then, Scores and odds says it opened at OU plus six and a half, and now it's currently OU minus seven. That could be wrong, but that's quite the flip, man. That's a that's a massive flip. It's a lot of respect, is it not, for all-American yeah. edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau opting out. I mean, I think 
on the Oregon end of the equation, and, and they've had plenty of other departures as well via the transfer portal or injuries or perhaps even some COVID testing numbers in there. But I, I think a lot of that is because of Kayvon Thibodeau. But it's OU minus seven right now, and I, I feel pretty good about Oklahoma covering that number. I disagree with the public. Yeah, well, the, the late money is coming in on Oregon. Like I said, at, OU had the, it's like 60-something, 65% of the money. I think yesterday was on OU. Now 62% is on Oregon. So late money coming in on the Ducks plus seven. Um, Teddy has OU 45, Oregon 17. And as we get to our final segment with our final picks, are you in the neighborhood of Teddy or do you, you got a little bit of a slimmer OU win? Slimmer Oklahoma win. Oklahoma 37, Oregon 27. I'm expecting a big night from Kennedy Brooks in what I believe is his final chapter with the Sooners. I think OU with Cale Gundy calling the shots tonight, not that they're not going to sling it around the yard. I think Caleb Williams will have a nice cap to his season, but I think OU wants to make a statement in this game that tonight and into the future, physicality is going to be a big part of Oklahoma football, and I think Kennedy Brooks is – Really a big piece of that puzzle tonight for OU. And then ultimately, I just think too many opt-outs for the Ducks in this game. I know Oklahoma's had their fair share. Four defensive starters have opted out of this game for Oklahoma. It's leading tackler. It's top three tackles for loss and sacks producers on the season defensively for OU. But something just tells me the motivation factor on the side of OU. Maybe I'm buying in hook, line, and sinker to the Bob Stoops factor in this game, but I do think that 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 has had a major role on Oklahoma and its players building up to this thing, and I expect that to show tonight. uh, Josh has OU winning by 10. That would be a sooner cover. So I've stayed pretty consistent this week on, like, kind of the range that OU is going to win. I'm not going – as aggressive as 45-17 like Teddy. But I am going 41-20, which is a, you know, three-touchdown win, which is, you know, a nice little margin of victory. I I do think Oregon's going to have some success in spots. And where I think that they're going to have some success in spots is with Travis Dye, their running back, in the run game. And I think even Anthony Brown might hit on some nice plays in the running game as well. That's, that's Oregon's chance, guys. They're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to limit possessions. It's the best part of their football team right now is the offensive line. OU staff is saying it's the best O-line they've seen all year long. They're going to use that, man. Early on, they are going to run, run, run right at OU and, you know, against a defensive line that has a ton of opt-outs. And I think that Oregon's going to have some success early running the football, but I think Caleb Williams has a great day. I think Marvin Mims has a couple touchdowns down the field. Once OU starts to open up the offense a little bit, late first half, early second half, I, I think we start to see OU run away with this thing. I think OU starts to pull away early in the third quarter. Sooners win at 41-20, which would not be the biggest margin of victory in the Bob Stoops era. That was actually in the 2010 Fiesta Bowl when they beat uh, UConn 48-20. So maybe that's a number that you're chasing tonight. Maybe tonight could be the most lopsided bowl game in a win in Bob Stoops history. you got to get to 29 or more points. We'll see if it's attainable or not. I'd be pretty surprised if that happened. That would mean Oklahoma absolutely clicked on all cylinders, even minus some of these opt-outs. I think OU plays really well. Like I said, I'm picking OU 37-27, but to say that they're going to match and surpass what they did against Connecticut, I don't see that happening tonight. Yeah, that's that's going to be tough. What What's the ending here? Because all three of us are picking OU to win, which, by the way, I really haven't seen anyone – 
locally or nationally, picking Oregon to win this game. The Athletic had 12 of their riders pick this game. 12 for 12, they all picked OU. Uh, CBS Sports yesterday, they picked uh, OU 24, Oregon 16. That's a little bit too low scoring uh, where I think it's going to be, but I don't. Have you seen anybody pick Oregon in this game? I don't even know if the Oregonian riders are picking the Ducks to win. No, I, I haven't. Not in terms of local folks here or any of the national riders. I'm sure probably there's some Oregon folks that have, but even even a lot of the, the Oregon media, I think, is turned off by the fact that they've had so many different people opt out or transfer out of this game. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Clemson just took the lead on Iowa State, 6-3, to three, four minutes left in the second quarter on that one. So we're about to sign off, check out some cheese at bowl action, then, of course, 8-15 tonight on ESPN. It's the Valero Alamo Bowl. And you already know, as soon as the game is over, Josh Helmer and myself will be on the air. Give us a call, 405-329-9000. 90-minute postgame show tonight. Don't fall asleep, okay? Yeah, you got work tomorrow, but come on, stay up with us. It's our final football postgame show of the year. Let's go. Let's talk about the excitement going into 2022. Everyone enjoy the football game. We'll talk to you after. Thanks to Scratch right here in Norman, 132 West Main, for having us out. We'll talk to you then. For Josh Helmer and Teddy Lehman, I'm Tyler McComas. It is The Rush right here on The Ref.